This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Without further ado, it is time for... The Other Side of Midnight presents Denunciation. I must denounce the people that rig... Boardwalk games. There has been a Jersey Shore boardwalk game operator banned for for overinflating basketballs. Christine Struthers, she received seven licenses to operate basketball and quarterback challenge games on the boardwalks in Wildwood and North Wildwood last year, and inspectors found some basketballs had up to three times the amount of recommended air. I think we are, we've always suspected that a lot of these boardwalk games are rigged, and um, this just proves that at least some of them are. But I'll tell you what I was happy about. I'm glad that the New Jersey Attorney General, Matthew Platkin, was actually out there looking into whether or not these games were rigged or not. In some ways, it actually gives me more confidence in the boardwalk games than I had before because uh, before this, I always thought, ah, they're all rigged. Well, they, you, can't get, you, can't, you can't get a fair shake in any of those games. Now, the fact that I know that the Attorney General's office is looking into whether or not these boardwalk games are honest or not it actually gives me more confidence in the ones that are still remaining, if that makes sense. But if you're somebody, whether you're Christine Struthers or anyone else, that would dare rig the sanctity of a boardwalk game, I do denounce you. I spent a lot of time on the Atlantic City boardwalk, spent a lot of time on the Coney Island boardwalk, and I love playing those games. Still, as an adult, I'll be honest, I get just as much of a, a kick out of playing these games now as I did when I was 10, and I just love it. And I hate to think that these games are rigged. And uh, Christine Struthers, I do denounce you. I must also denounce the meatpacking plants that are employing miners. Sure enough, a major food sanitation company has paid $1.5 million in penalties for employing more than 100 teenagers in dangerous jobs at meatpacking plants at eight different states. The U.S. Department of Labor said that Packers Sanitation Services, Inc. allowed at least 102 children between the ages of 13 and 17 years old to work overnight shifts and use hazardous chemicals to clean dangerous meat processing equipment such as brisket saws and head splitters used to kill animals. Call me crazy. If you're 13 years old, you should not be using something called a head splitter. So, Packers Sanitation Services, Inc., I do denounce you. I must also denounce the group responsible for disclosing Sensitive U.S. military emails. 
A government cloud email server was connected to the Internet without a password. Now, this is frightening, absolutely frightening in this day and age. But sure enough, the U.S. Department of Defense secured an exposed server last Monday that was spilling internal U.S. military emails to the open Internet for two weeks. Two weeks. This exposed server was hosted on Microsoft's Azure Government Cloud for Department of Defense customers, which uses servers that are physically separated from other commercial customers and as such can be used to share sensitive but unclassified government data. The exposed server was part of an internal mailbox system storing about three terabytes of internal military emails, many pertaining to U.S. Special Operations Command, or um, or other high-level units. But a misconfiguration led left the server without a password, allowing anyone on the Internet access to the sensitive mailbox data using only a web browser. I mean, this is shocking. So I don't know who's responsible for this, but whomever's responsible for allowing this kind of information to be out there for two weeks, I do denounce you. I must also denounce the state with the um, very worst property taxes in the country. Any guesses as to what it is? What do you think it is? Well, uh, I have a feeling you will not be shocked. The state with the worst property tax, the worst effective real estate tax rate in the entire union, even including the District of Columbia, is New Jersey. New Jersey. You know, I saw all my family and friends growing up move from where I grew up to New Jersey. And they all moved out there because they wanted big houses and big pieces of property. And sure enough, they all were socked with paying a boatload in property taxes. So the question is, what are you paying for? Do you want to get a good deal on a house and then have to pay a lot of taxes? Well, in New Jersey, that's what happens. And it's the whole state of New Jersey is just out of control with property taxes. You know, I've always fantasized about getting a place in Atlantic City. And there's places that you could buy in Atlantic City for nothing, nothing. And sure enough, I would talk to friends of mine that live in Atlantic City that have, uh, say, a condo. And the amount of taxes that people are paying for a one-bedroom or a two-bedroom condo in Atlantic City, that's more than I'm paying for a four-bedroom house in New York City in terms of property taxes. So New Jersey, I do denounce you. I must also denounce... The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I am sorry for anybody that's a Mormon, but the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and its investment arm have been fined $5 million for using shell companies to obscure the size of the portfolio under church control. So the Mormon Church maintains billions of dollars of investments, stocks, bonds, real estate, agriculture, and this portfolio was controlled by Ensign Peak Advisors, a nonprofit investment manager 
overseen by leaders in you know that adhere to the Mormon faith. The church was aware of this, and they've agreed to pay a million dollars in penalties. And Ensign Peak, the, the person that was doing this fraud, or the the group that was doing this fraud, will pay four million dollars in penalties based on the violation. Ensign Peak avoided disclosing investments with the church's knowledge. It denied the SEC and the public an accurate account of information required by law. Federal investigators said for a period of 22 years, the firm violated agency rules and the SEC Act by not filing paperwork required that disclosed the value of its assets. Not right. So, Mormons, I do denounce you. I want to be clear, I'm not denouncing individual Mormons. I'm denouncing the Mormon church as, a, as an entity, as a group, as an institution. I must also denounce Stephen Wong, a top aide to New York City Councilman Christopher Marte, who berated, and this is caught on tape, it's not a she said, he said kind of a deal. This person who is being paid with public money berated a female journalist with a torrent of sexist slurs. Stephen Wong, an aide to city councilman Christopher Marche, made the offensive comments in four voicemails left with the reporter Lotus Chow of a Chinese-language publication, Sing Tao Daily, on February 15th in regards to a disagreement over a news article she had written about the Democratic City Council member. The messages which were in Cantonese said, F you, F your mother, you C-word, C-word between your legs, slaughter you pig, you C-word pig, and your newspaper go die. Chow called the comments she was subjected to abhorrent and unacceptable. The via, the messages were vile, vulgar, demeaning, and hate-filled. She's exactly right. She's exactly right. And I hope Stephen Wong is uh, forced to face some sort of retribution or some sort of penalty, I should say, for this. But until then, Stephen Wong, I do denounce you. I must denounce... The Forsyth County School District in the state of Georgia. The school district has been forced to pay over $100,000 in legal fees after banning moms from exposing pornographic material. Here's what happened. There's this group called Mama Bears, and they didn't like some of the books that were in their kids' school. So one mom gets up and uh, she starts reading at a school board meeting from the text of a book that's available in her middle school son's library. And they stop her because it's pornographic. I can't even repeat it on the radio. They stop her. They wouldn't give her time to speak. So she tries to continue at the next school board meeting. They wouldn't allow her to speak. They silenced her and wouldn't allow her to speak at future school board meetings. Meanwhile, these books are available for middle school students. And we can have a debate about whether that's appropriate or not, but 
um, you can't say, okay, the book is available for my middle school to take out, but I can't read from it at a school board meeting. So anyway, this group sued and um, they are settling, the district is settling the lawsuit, but now the school district is going to have to pay the attorney fees for this group of $107,500 and the nominal damages of $17.91 had, I mean, if you're a taxpayer in Forsyth County, you got to be pretty ticked off about this. Had they just let these mama bears speak and make their point, the school district wouldn't be out $100,000 or to be precise, $107,500. So Forsyth County School District, for your adherence to a lack of free speech, I do denounce you. I must also denounce the Memphis Police Department. And I hate to do this because I, I don't like to be the guy that Monday morning quarterbacks. I don't like to be the guy that um, questions how people who have a tough job, which the police certainly do, how they're doing it. But I, I have to say, this is just, this is absolutely asinine. Uh, so there was a there was a situation in Memphis, Tennessee on February 9th. A man got into an argument with a store clerk because she wouldn't sell him beer. And the man took an entire display of chips and put them into his car. While walking with the display, several bags of chips fell to the ground. The clerk followed the man out of the store as he's walking out with his chip display. After the suspect drove off, another man has nothing to do with this chip display situation. Another guy, Joseph Broswell, picked up two of the fallen bags of chips, which were valued at a whopping $4.98. And minutes later, police found this man, Joseph Broswell, with crumbs on his face. He picked up the stolen chips, the chips that someone else stole. He picked them up, and he ate those chips. Clear violation of the five-second rule. Police said they reviewed the video footage and concluded that Broswell was aware of the theft. And wouldn't you know it, the police arrested this guy. They arrested the guy that picked up a bag of stolen chips that's worth $4.98. So he's been charged with theft of merchandise less than less than $1,000. Guys, the guy stole a bag of chips. Is it worth anybody's time? First of all, the guy didn't steal a bag of chips. Somebody else stole a bag of chips, and then two of them fell, and this this poor guy ate some of these chips. And we're arresting him? How about you arrest the guy or go look for the guy that had those chips, that he, the chip display? 
What a waste of everybody's time. They had, this guy has to go through the system and have an arrest on his record, and they're going through the time of booking this guy and taking his picture for a $4.98 that he didn't steal and somebody else stole. This is idiotic. Memphis Police Department, I do denounce you. I must also denounce uh, the, I'll make this the last one because I want to leave some time for Chris Fenton. I must also denounce the Kelly family. Uh, The Kelly family documents their life on TikTok, and they are being blasted by others, including me, for using a hack to allow their son, their young son, to go on rides. The son is not tall enough to go on these rides. So you know what they did? They made some fake shoes for him, so that you can't tell that he's wearing lifts that add height to him. The kid is too short for these rides, and the parents have helped him fake his height. He's heightening. The reason these they don't want you riding on these rides if you're short is because it's dangerous. These parents are not doing their child any favors if he's not tall enough to go on the rides by sneaking him onto the ride. And the fact that they're advertising this on TikTok and essentially encouraging others to do it, it's dangerous. Somebody could get hurt. I, I don't know. I mean, look, I love roller coasters as much as anybody. If the kid's not tall enough, you have to wait till you're tall enough. Sorry. Kelly family, I do denounce you. And uh, may God have mercy on your soul. All right, we're going to talk with Chris Fenton in just a moment. Um, He is the author of a fascinating book called Feeding the Dragon. He's a Hollywood executive, a film producer, and he is chronicling how China is is dictating to us what we get to see in our movies. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. I've been following this for a long time, including Chris's work. This is The Other Side of Midnight, straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. 